Preface of Elements of Conchology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lauren Huff. Elements of Conchology by William Ruschenberger. Preface. The fifth of the series of first books of natural history embraces that branch of our subject which treats of the mollusca, or soft animals, and consequently includes the elements of conchology. In the beauty and singularity of their forms, the variety and brilliancy of their colors, shells only yield to flowers. The admiration of these deserted habitations of a very numerous class of animals is very general, if not universal. Scarcely a house, at least in seaport towns, is without a few shells, and in many there are large collections of them. Comparatively, few persons, however, view them in connection with animal existence. For the mass, they are merely beautiful things from the seas and rivers far and near. We care little how they grow, how they live, how they breathe, upon what they feed, or for what use they were created. Who stops to think an oyster has a heart and blood vessels, a breathing apparatus, a nervous system, or digestive organs? How very few are aware that certain snails possess eyes and lay eggs, nor is it universally known that we are indebted to the organization of soft animals for mother-of-pearl and pearls. Limited as this little volume is, it may prove a key to stores of information, even more interesting to many than the numerous fictions of the day. Truth is stranger than fiction has been often said, and the beautiful truths brought to us by a study of animal life in its various forms are certainly more admirable and wonderful than any fiction of man's creation. Is there anything produced by the Bulwers or the Jameses of the day, more worthy of admiration than the habits of a snail or the movements of a cockle-shell? When at the Sandwich Islands, in 1836, we heard an anecdote which has an application here. The officers of a British ship of war manifested a strong desire to obtain curiosities. A young Kanaka, with a view to profit, brought to one of these officers a chicken's foot and offered it for sale, and by way of insisting upon its value said, as he pulled the tendon which was attached to its toes, see how nicely it works. And was it not more worthy of attention and thought than all the idols of wood and stone that could be collected? Fictions are the works of man, but the wonderful truths of the universe are the creations of omnipotence, yet we bestow more time and more interest on the last novel, in many instances, than would be sufficient to lead us to the contemplation of all the beautiful and magnificent productions which it was Adam's duty to name. Whoever reveres his God should be able to contemplate his works understandingly, and be able to perceive the beauty of design, the adaptation of the organization, the various forms of life, to the circumstances in which life is placed, and perceive the same wise hand in the structure of the snail, as in the complete and perfect animal, man, and learn, too, that even an oyster is within the scheme and protection of providence. In forming this little volume, besides the work of Monsieurs Edwards and Comte, those of Cuvier, Lamarck, Blainville, and Captain Thomas Brown have been consulted and freely used. Many of the engravings are copied from the work of Monsieur Blainville, and it is believed the engraving, which was done by Mr. G. Thomas, number 37, South 3rd Street, will compare favorably with anything of the kind ever offered to the American public. The etymology and pronunciation of the technical words have been placed at the foot of the page. This little volume offers the means of becoming acquainted with the history of soft animals and conchology, and opens the way to an advantageous perusal of more complete and ample treatises on the subject. Philadelphia, June 1, 1844. End of Preface Recording by Lauren Huff